0: Hook your faith with me. Father God, we thank you for your word. We love you. And we ask today that as we hear your word, you bring us up to a higher level in your love, that you, that you that your anointing and your utterance go forth, and it changes our hearts, Lord, so that we might walk a closer walk, that we might be a better person, that we might change those around us by your love in us. And, Lord, we give you glory in advance for everything that, that you are doing and will do in us and through us. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Glory to God. Glory to God. Whew. Well, last week we started kind of on this. I, I don't really do series. I just do what God says. And uh, I put verses on here, and then I hope that he's going to show, show forth because Dave is going to be boring if not. And uh, so we're believing God together. Last week, we've been talking about a heart. Last week, we talked about a committed heart, a heart for God, giving Him your whole heart, doing things with all your heart, and believing in Him, believing and not unbelieving in Him. Amen? And uh, we kind of ended somewhere around Proverbs 4, so let's kind of start somewhere around Proverbs 4 today. And uh, we're going to look at uh, putting our flesh under. Amen? Amen? You know, walking in the flesh. Uh, doing things in the flesh, trying to get things through your flesh. You know, I was telling the story this morning. My daughter, she works at Canacook during the summer. Uh, when she's well, she's never home from college because she works at Canacook during the summer. So really, she's never home. But she doesn't care. <laughs> I'm not even. I'm not even sure she misses us. <laughs> she has eternal security in my love, be guaranteed. But uh, she. Uh, I'm really bad at writing letters. I actually wrote her one a couple of weeks ago. It's the first letter I think I've written her. I think it's the first letter I've written her. But uh, um, she put on her—I don't know whether it's Instagram or—I Fa- don't do any—I don't Instagram. I don't Facebook. I don't tweet. Twitter. Don't 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 even sing online. You know, whatever you do online, I don't do it because that would take more time, first of all. And uh, so you know, I don't know how you keep up with all those things, really. I guess you get on your computer every night like she does. But uh, if you do them, don't think. I'm not saying they're wrong. They're great. Do them. Man, Facebook and tweet and do all those things. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. I guess Kim looks at them for me. And Ramsey does enough for at least three or four people. But anyway, she uh, wasn't getting enough letters. And so she made a provision for the flesh. She put a picture of her with the boo-boo face on. Everybody's seen the boo-boo face, right? You know. And she said, this is what I look like when I'm not getting letters at camp. And sent that, of course, to everybody who's on Tweet with her, Twitter, whatever. And so she's already been getting letters, obviously. And so, you know, you can manipulate things to get the things you want, right? And so uh, she's manipulating people to do what she wants. Amen. <laughs> that really has very little to do with the message. but <laughs> Fun story. <laughs> fun story but in Proverbs 4 uh, we don't want to manipulate people it actually is we, and we definitely don't want to tr- try to manipulate God you know people are trying to get things through a provision of the flesh called whining and throwing fits right and, and and there's many people that are trying to get things through offense you know we get letters all the time here at the church that say we're offended because you didn't and you know you can finish the rest of the sentence all you want because there's a thousand and there's a thousand and one ways they're offended but if they're offended they were offendable as christians full of the love of god we must be unoffendable and you say well you don't understand what if they did that doesn't matter what they did the world's going to do it if it ain't been done to you yet get ready it's going to be done Right, Your brothers and sisters, I have said things to people that I did not mean to offend them. I I have. I have said it, and I'm not saying I did it in the most love I could. I'm sure I could have done it better, and later on found out they were offended with me. Now, was it my words that offended them or the way they heard my words? Right? It's how we hear what's spoken to us that gives it the value in our life. This gave it offendable value to them because they heard it wrong. I didn't mean it to offend them. I meant it in love probably. If I did mean it to offend them, then I was wrong. Right? If you say something to offend somebody and you offend them, you shouldn't be surprised, right? <laughs> right? But, but if you do that, boy, you're putting yourself in a dangerous place. Wasn't, didn't it, wasn't it Jesus that said, uh, woe to those in whom the offense comes? In whom through it comes? He was talking about another situation, but I imagine that holds true no matter what. So it's not our job to try to offend people, but to try to keep them from being offended. But at the same time, we can't keep them from being offended. That is a, that is a decision they have to be made. They have to make, and it's going to be made by how they hear something, not how it's said. Right? You could say it in the most love you ever want. You could go up to somebody and say, "You know, Mike, you really stink." Yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> you can't say that with enough love not to offend you, right? You've got to decide not to be offended, right? And you've got people all over the world sitting in churches that are offended with the Word of God. Yes. Were they offended because He spoke it not in love? I don't think so. I don't think love can speak outside of love. So the Word was spoken in love. Absolutely, the Word was spoken in love. How the Word was received is the, the value that it had in the, in the hearer's life. Amen? That's why God says it's important for you to hear and see. Look, look back at Proverbs 4, where we were, we were going to start. Thank you, Lord. Proverbs 4, verse 20, I think it was. It says, My son, attend to my words. In the, in the NIV, it says, my son, pay attention to my words. In other words, give my words attention. Now, in this world today, we think that means give them attention, give them attention, give, give everything a little bit of attention. When God says give attention, He means give me your attention. Yes. You don't have two attentions, you have one, and I want it. Amen. Right. right? You know, we, we think that we have more than one attention. I'm really bad about that. I think I can do six, seven things at once and of course brother moore explained to me that I can't
1: <laughs>
0: right we have one attention and what we give that attention to is what we have faith in or lack of faith in amen and he says pay attention attend to what my words what i'm saying attend to the value this make this your treasure Why? Because we talked about it last week. Where your treasure is, your heart's coming right behind it. What you treasure will have your heart. And he says, make my word your treasure. Make my word your treasure. And then he tells us how to get it. How to get that word. He says, listen closely. Go, Go back to the King James. King James. Me and King James, we're getting just like this, I'm telling you. Yeah. Pretty soon I'll have an English accent you won't even know it. (laughs) My son, attend to my words, incline your ear. What's he saying? He's saying no matter what else is going on, you listen over here. There will be lots of things to listen. There will be lots of other ideas. There will be 10,000 other pathways that will be offered to you. You listen to me. Listen to what I'm saying incline your ear to my word and and, and and then he says not only incline it to my word but then he says keep it in your sight next verse he says hear it and see it what's he saying he said, there's two ways to get your word and in, get my word into your heart he said you hear it and you see it And now everybody's saying, yeah, I've heard this message, man. This message was preached in 19... No, this wasn't preached in 1984, 2013, right now. New message. Right? Guess what? In in 1984, 2 plus 2 was 4. And if you forgot that between now and then, it messed up your math all the way along. There's nothing in the Word of God that we know everything about, that we can't know more about. This is how you get the Word of God. People say, well, if you say, I got it, then you're as far as you can ever go with it. Right? I don't want to get everything there is in the Word of God because I think that's my stopping point. I, I, it's, an, it's an infinite Word. How are you going to get infinite? Because the minute you get to the end, there's no end. Amen. Right? When it's infinite, here's the end. No, nope, you're chasing something that's never going away. Right? His Word is infinite and it's infinite love. Which means it's unfailing. His Word is infinite and it's unfailing. So what He has spoken will surely come to pass, and what He's spoken that you keep in your heart will come to pass in your life. Amen? If God says you're healed, what are you? You're healed. Amen? Keep it in the midst of your heart. He's saying, put that in your eyes. That way when you're offered another opinion, that's what's in your eyes. This other opinion says, well, you could get sick. No, I'm healed. Why? Because God's Word says I'm healed. I've got it in my heart. I kept it in my ears. i got it in my eyes. and Now it's in my heart. I'm not looking for another opinion or another report. You get a lot of people that say, you know what, we're looking for a good report. Good news, you've had it for over 2,000 years. Actually, you had it for longer than that because healing was in the Old Covenant. Jesus just made it good forever. Amen? So you don't need a different report. You want to know how your marriage is going to be? Good. You want to know how your health is going to be? Good. You want to know how your life is going to be? Prosperous. God's already spoken these things, and He's saying put it in your ears, put it in your eyes, keep it in your heart. Why? It's life. What's He saying? It is life. When you wake up in the morning, it'll be true. When you go to sleep at night, it'll be true. It is life. It's life. And it's health. It's healthy life. It's not, just, it's not just going along getting whatever's available. It is life and health. You're going along and you're getting the best of everything all the time because this is your, this is the Word concerning you. And not only is it the Word concerning you, it's the Word through you. So not only can you put this in you and in your heart, now it can go out from your heart and it can do what God does with it. He takes it out from His heart and He saves you. And now He's put it in us and we can take it out and other people can be saved by the goodness of God. Amen? God's put these things in us for us and through us. And so as we, as we keep them in our eyes and we keep them in our ears, then we go further than we've ever, we would have ever went. It takes us to another level. Amen? Amen? And He says it's important. Why? Because what you hear and what you see is what's in here. Amen? And, it, and he's saying make no provision for something else. If we make provision for something else, then something else is what we'll do. And when you listen to another idea when you when you get another plan, right How many have made provision for your flesh before? <laughs> right Because things aren't going right Somebody's got to fix it right? Well of course me I'm, I'm the man. You know, the man, you know, I got to support my family. You know, I got I got to get out there and work hard. Get three jobs if I have to, but I got to take care of them. You know what? You're giving them a poor provision. Because they need more than you. Right? And when we make provision for our flesh, we're taking that provision. Be sure it's you know, people can't set this a provision aside and think they're going to follow God. <laughs> When you get the checks in the mail from the credit card company, chew them up. (laughs) Chew them up. Put them in the little shredder and let them be shredded. They are a provision for when your flesh can no longer believe. Your flesh couldn't believe when it started. Don't give it a chance to get out of the box. Because if you keep those, (laughs) they're an option. What did God say? He said, incline your ear to Me. Keep My words in the midst of your eyes. When you put something else, you're tempting yourself to go a different direction. Amen? You know how I know? I've kept the checks. And then I spent the checks. And then I had to get another card to get me checks, so I could pay those cards with those checks And then I got more checks to pay those two cards. And pretty soon I had to sell my house to pay the cards. (laughs) Why? Because I wasn't trusting God. I was making provision for my flesh. You know, you got people that make provision for their flesh to throw a fit. Well, you don't understand what they did. They just drive horrible. If I, I can throw a fit in my car, you better look next to you and see who's watching you. Well, first, the person next to you is God right there with you, watching you throw that fit. Right? And then you look at the person in the other car and you start singing real loud because you don't want them thinking you just threw that great big fit right there in your car all because you didn't get the first light. Right? I didn't get the first light. I had to wait twice to go through that stoplight. I'm too good at this, aren't I? I give myself away. <laughs> well, since y'all have never experienced that, I think I should use me as the example. Right? You can have a provision to throw your fits. You got people every day. You got people today that are already planning to throw a fit in the restaurant to get their free meal. Right? A provision for the flesh. You wanna know you wanna know you wanna know how you can judge whether it's flesh or not? Look at the love verses and do them in reverse. Right? If you're being impatient and unkind, guess what you're not operating in? Love, right? If you're envying, you're not in love. If you're puffed up, you're not in love, right? Let's let's just look at it in reverse. If you don't believe all things, if you doubt all things, right? If you trust, don't. If you uh, what would it be? Lied trust. What's the opposite of trust? Doubt. Doubt. Believe. What's it? Believes all things. Trusts all things. Hopes all things. If you do the opposite of those. You're in the flesh. The flesh is selfish. It wants its way. It wants its way now. And it doesn't care who it crawls over to get it. It, As long as it gets its way, at the end of the day, it will not look behind it to see who it left in its dust. It doesn't care. Your flesh doesn't care. My flesh doesn't care. Nobody's flesh cares. Flesh is selfish. It can be talked out into doing the most hideous things you've ever seen. Have you ever done something and then couldn't believe it was you? That was your flesh. What? You, you have that ability in you. I have that ability in me. But through the grace and mercy of God, we've got a greater ability in us. And if we'll put His Word in our eyes and in our ears and keep it in our heart, the, that monster won't show up. And when he does, we'll kick him back out. You know when you, when you feel your blood boiling from your toes and start working its way up. And then you'll say, "I have the love of God in me." Man, that stuff just go right back down. Why? Because you have a greater ability to succeed than you do to fail when you have the love of God in your heart. Yeah, yeah. Amen. When you have the love of God in your heart, you you are a success, going somewhere to happen. Amen. When we're counting on the flesh, we're counting on something that can't do what it's trying to do and it doesn't have the ability to do it. <laughs> right? Your flesh, when you're counting on your flesh, you're counting on something that's weak and powerless and, and, and has no ability to, to get you where you want to go. Even if you get your free meal, it ain't going to taste very good. That's right. That's right. And if you've done that, You know what? Ask forgiveness and go on. You know what? I do. If they offer me a free meal because they messed up, I say, no, I'll pay for this one. Thank you. But I don't ever let them know they messed up. If they serve me fish, I just won't eat it. (laughs) I don't like fish of any sort. (laughs) If they serve me broccoli, I will grip my teeth and still not say anything. (laughs) I, I can prove it. I had a plate just the other day. I ordered and it had a steak on it, Man, It was looking good, and a baked potato. And I look right by my steak, and there's a pile of broccoli there.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I just slid that stuff to the side and ate my steak. No problem whatsoever. <laughs> I made no provision for my flesh. <laughs> well, maybe I did, because I probably should have ate the broccoli. But. <laughs> I made provision for me not to. <laughs> Glory to God. We better get off that. Thank you, Lord. Hey, this isn't for me, it's for you guys. Come on. <laughs> Romans 13, since we're talking about this verse, let's go to it. Romans 13, verse 14 says, But put on, you put on the Lord Jesus Christ. What's he saying? You put on the very love of God. what he's saying the lord jesus christ is a very picture image of the love of god and he's saying you put him on you put him on and walk in him every day put him on and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust of in other words you make no plan to do what you want to do people say well i need some me time I, i haven't had me time in a long time make no jesus never had me time right And he still ain't got me time. He's got you time. Right? He's the original you time. And he ain't ever going to have me time. If you start saying I need some me time, you need to think about is it really me time or God time? Do you need time to get quiet with God? Or do you just need time to watch more football? (laughs) (laughs) Right? (laughs) You know, because Dave needs some me time. I need more football channels. I need some more stuff to do. You know, for me, you know, I don't want people interrupting me while I'm watching the six games, splitting six on my screen. (laughs) Yes, I do that. (laughs) But not in lieu of God. Now, there was a day where Dave was in charge of Dave. And Dave was really bad at being in charge of Dave. I can tell you, I messed it up really good. You guys ever messed you up really good? That's because you weren't designed to be in charge of you. You were designed to have faith in God and to let God guide you and direct you in everything you were to do and to let His love settle in your heart to do the things that you're called to do every day. You're not designed to be, once you're born again, selfish. You're designed to be very unselfish. You're designed to put on the Lord Jesus Christ, which is a picture of selflessness. Amen? And he said, be a picture of selflessness and make no provision for the flesh. But what I did was I, I started making more provision. In fact is I found hobbies that were on the weekend. I mean, do you ever notice that hobbies are built for the weekend? They're built for church time too. You can't fish after church, apparently. <laughs> you can't golf in the afternoon. You gotta do that at church time. <laughs> Boy, I better go over here. Did you know if you go out on your boat, it needs to be an all-day thing and it needs to be Sunday? Right? And if the game starts at 1130, you need to find a church that's built around your game. Right? They need to have at least an early service so you can get home in time for the game. I did all this, except I just decided not to go to church. Why? Because it was easier to get home for the game if you're already home. (laughs) If you let your flesh lead you, you will do nothing for the Lord. Which is exactly what I did. Nothing for the Lord. Why? Because Dave was leading Dave, man. And Dave is selfish. So, what's leading me? What makes me happy? (laughs) What's going to make me happy today? I went and found it. And... Got all the happy out of it you could and then was unhappy, so I had to go find something to make me happy again. Why? Because nothing will satisfy a person like that. The provision, why is God saying make no provision for your flesh? Because it will not satisfy you. It doesn't. You'll have to make a provision every day for your flesh because it will always be unsatisfied. The things of the flesh, the things of, that you want, you think you need, your desires, they're not what's going to satisfy you. God will satisfy you. He'll give you the desires of your heart, the ones that have value and are eternal. He'll give those to you. He'll give you the ones... when you, He'll make you prosperous beyond your, your wildest desires. And then He'll give you stuff. Amen? He wants you to have all this thing. But He doesn't want you to have it through the flesh because it can't be used right that way. When you get things on your own, you use them for the wrong thing. Okay, when I got things on my own, I used them for the wrong thing. Right? I don't want to trust in my flesh. I don't want to be my provider. Do you want to be your provider? Because you're not going to be good enough. And you'll help no one but you all the days of your life. you got people out there that are rich, rich, rich and are unsatisfied completely. Why? Because they don't have the Lord. They don't have the true value in life. They don't have the true treasures. They only have what they thought they wanted and what they thought could make them happy. It can't make them happy. Amen. And so all but, but all they're seeing and hearing is I need this and I need that and they 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 watch the the info channels and i gotta have if i had that i could be happy oh if i just had this i could be happy you know what they've got all the dog mats and the they got i mean what are they selling on these all the cooking utensils that didn't work right they got all that stuff they could ever and they're not happy why because you can't be satisfied by the flesh what will satisfy every person is to give their life to god and let god work through their life to others and make no provision for their own desires. Right? Because He'll fulfill your desires. When we try to make provision for our own desires, we don't trust that God could. Right? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Psalm 27, we looked at that last We liked that. Remember, it was a good verse. We liked it. Psalm 27, verse 13. We liked that verse. Let's go to a verse we like. <laughs> Said I had fainted. I would have fainted. What's he saying? I'd have quit. Did you know that feigning isn't just quitting? Feigning is taking the other way. Feigning many times is substituting God's perfect will for your now. Right? I'm going to preach on both sides today. <laughs> feigning. Fainting. feigning is not just passing out and quitting. Feigning is taking the road that you wanted to take, doing it your way. A substitute for God's goodness. A substitute for what God would have given you because you didn't want to wait. Why? Because unlove is impatient. Yes. <laughs> Selfishness is impatient and unkind. It doesn't want to wait. It wants things the way it wants them, and it wants them now. This, this this psalmist said, I would have fainted unless I had believed. And what did he believe? He believed to see. We're still talking about seeing and hearing. What did he believe? He believed to see. He would have fainted, but his faith was in seeing the unseen. Amen? we got people all over the world today that their faith is in what they see. Our faith is in seeing the unseen. Amen? It doesn't matter what we see. We would faint if we only saw what we saw. Everybody in here would faint if they only believed in what they saw every day. Right? Why? Because you see the news, you see people. You know, if you just watch people, you're like, wow. Are we going backwards or what? But we're not going backwards, we're going forwards. Why? Because we're not looking at the things we see. We're looking at the unseen. What what remember what it says 2 Corinthians 4 and somebody gave me the verse earlier, was it 18? 418. This is this is what God says to look at. 2 Corinthians 418. I knew it was coming. <laughs> While we look at the things while we look not at the things that are seen, what's he saying? You, you quit looking. What, what did he say in Proverbs 4? Keep, them, keep my words in your eyes, not what you can see. Keep my words in your eyes. Why? Because you're going to get a lot of other options. You can see over here, and, and there's, the, there's an option. You can get credit cards, and you can go to the bank, or, or you can get divorced. Or, or there's another option, and it's his word. Amen? And His Word is truth, and His Word is real. And He says, quit looking at the things that are seen. Quit looking at the problems. Quit looking at the things that get worse every day. Quit looking at the things that are seen. And start looking, and what's He saying? Actually look for what you can't see. Right? He says, look at what's invisible. Everybody says, well, God, what are you talking about? I can't see what's invisible. You know what's invisible? Sometimes what His Word says about you is invisible right now. But He says, look at the invisible and you'll have it. By whose stripes you were healed, I don't care what you see in your body, look at what's unseen in the Word of God and have that. Amen? He says, look at the things that are not seen. The things that are not seen are eternal. What? They're everlasting. They are the answer. These are not. These are the the seen is a band-aid, even if at best. Right? Why have a band-aid when you can be fixed? Even Snoopy band-aids don't work that good, and they work good. I got them. He said the things that are seen are temporary, but the things that are not seen are eternal. What's he saying? He's saying fix your eyes on what's not seen. He's saying look at what's not seen. And then go back to Proverbs 4. He says keep my words in the midst of your heart. How? By keeping them in your eyes and keeping them in your ears. Why? Because you're keeping the unseen, the eternal, available all the time and doing away with what's seen. Amen? Amen? Go back, Um, where were we before I just slipped over there? Huh? Psalm 27, yeah, Psalm 27. Remember, we like that verse. Yeah, 27, 13. And he he said, I would have fainted, but I believed to see. He didn't say, I'm seeing. He said, I believed to see. He had to have it in his heart to look for it, right? He's believing to see what he's looking for. He's looking to see the unseen. He's believing to see the goodness of God in the land of the living. He's saying, I would have fainted, but my faith is in seeing this. And I'll not faint until I do. Well, actually, he's saying I won't faint because I will. Not until I do. I will not faint because I will see the goodness of God in the land of the living. Is he saying that he saw it yet? No, he's saying he will see it. Why? Because he's looking to the unseen. God said he was good. And he said, I'm not going to faint because God said He was good. And because He said He was good, I'm going to see His goodness. That's looking at the unseen. Amen? That's not trusting in your flesh. That's trusting in the Lord. And when you trust in the Lord, you don't quit. You don't go with other options. You don't throw fits. You don't do what you want to do. You trust in the Lord. Amen? <laughs> it's true. We trust in the Lord. Jeremiah 17. We don't want to trust in our flesh. Your flesh has no ability to achieve what it's going to do. It doesn't have the ability. It is unable to do the things that it wants to do even. It's it's ill-equipped, if you will. Ill-equipped. Is that a word? It sounds really good. Ill-equipped. I feel smarter just saying it that way. Jeremiah 17.5 says, Thus saith the Lord, cursed... Here's how most people read this. Thus saith the Lord, I will curse the man. God can't curse anybody. God is a blesser. And see, because of the way we hear, because of the way we've been trained to hear, we hear that God's a cursor. Because we read the Old Testament, He says, if you don't do this, then you'll be under the curse. You will be, because this is the other option. See, we think there's somewhere in between blessing and cursing. There's two options. There's blessing and there's cursing. There's not another option. If you're not walking in the blessing, guess what you're walking in? The curse. There's only two options. We created the curse by sin, Right? Did curse come with the sin? Did God sin? Then where did the curse come from? Sin. i right. to this side again. I'm preaching both sides today. How would curse get here? Sin, right? Did God sin? We sinned, right? So curse came how? Sin. See, we need to get that in our head. God doesn't curse. God offers a way all the time. He has a plan. He sees the end from the beginning, and within that is your blessing. All the, doesn't matter what's going on either side of you. Your blessing is within that plan. That is the blessing of the Lord, and He doesn't take you off that plan. He doesn't say, you know, you need to be cursed a little while. You're not learning anything right now. How about a little curse for you today? You know, no, God never does that. Would you do that to your kids? Huh? Come here and let me cut you to show show you how a Band-Aid works. You know, I can put a Band-Aid on without a cut. But see, that is a hearing problem, not a saying problem. The sayer is good and true. The sayer is the love. He is love. He's not going to say things to hurt people. He's not impatient and unkind. He never envies. He's never unjust. And He loves us. He does not curse us, nor does He put us in the curse. What puts you in the curse? It tells you what puts us in the curse. Trusting in man. That's what puts you in the curse. You know the first man you shouldn't trust? You. You. Guess what? You don't have the ability to take care of you. Quit trusting you. At best you're unreliable. I am too. I'm not saying you. Are. We all are. Without God, we are unreliable. You'll tell yourself things that aren't true just to make yourself feel better. <laughs> That's pretty good. I, let me say that again. You'll tell yourself <laughs> you will. Right? You'll tell yourself you're okay when you're going down the tubes and try to make yourself feel better. When God says you're okay, you are. When you say you're okay, it's a lie. Don't believe you. Do not believe you. Believe Him. How do you get in the curse? You trust in man. You trust in your ability, in your ways. In Right? If, you, if a problem comes up before you and your immediate reaction is, oh no, how am I going to handle this? You start doing this, first of all, no, you're in trouble. that's a little weird, first of all. But <laughs> you start wringing your hands. Saying, "Oh," and then, and then your mind stop, starts popping up these ways to fix it. Yeah. And if you'll ever listen to yourself, they're the stupidest ways <laughs> you could ever hear. You know, I remember when my business was going bad, man, I, I was just thinking of ways to get out and just maybe be even, you know, if I could just do this and maybe if this person came and did this and could get these credit cards and use them and, and man, I had, by the time I was done, I had such a snarl all figured out that I wouldn't have known what to do if I'd have wanted to do it. The flesh is Confused. It doesn't have an answer. It only will get you deeper into a problem. Do not listen to you. Listen to the God in you. That's why he said as many that are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Why? Because they have an ability to be led by God. And they don't have to listen to to things that are beyond reason, if you will. That reminds me, I was driving by something the other day, and I won't say what it was. But there was a sign on there that said, we can have no faith that goes beyond reason. And I thought, then you can have no faith. Right? I looked at that and I'm like, well, then you really don't have faith at all because faith goes beyond reason. Just a (laughs) sideline. Don't trust in you. Trust in Him. Trust in the One that has the answers. Trust in the, He loves you more than you love you. He gave you the love to love you with. Amen. He's more concerned about you coming out and how you come out than you ever were. Amen. He cares. That's what He says. He says, "Cast your cares on Me, because I care for you." What's He saying? You can't fix them. I can. Your flesh has no answers. It will go with what it sees. I want you to look at the unseen. Amen? He says, cursed is the man that trusts in man and makes flesh his arm, his strength. The one that says, I can do it. I can do it. I pull myself up by my own bootstraps, by golly, and I'll do her. (laughs) I did that. My bootstraps were way up over my ears and I was still on the ground. Why? Because you can't fix you. If you could have fixed you, there would have been no need for a Jesus. You couldn't fix you before Jesus. You can't fix you after Jesus. You don't need to be fixing. He's got to fix in you. You no longer have to trust in what's in you. You can now trust what He put in you. You can achieve great things. Why? Because now you're a son of God. And you have God-ability in you. Before you had flesh ability, which is no ability. Amen? And he said, cursed is the man that trusts in man and makes flesh, his arm his strength and who's what? Here's, here's the key to it. you want to know if you're, you want to know if you're in the flesh? Your heart is departed from the Lord. And you say, well you mean I'm separate from the Lord? No, your heart's looking at other things. Well you got other ideas. See, people think that they they make that too hard to do. That's not hard to do. If you look at another way, that's where your heart just went. (laughs) Right? Okay, so let's say there's A, B, C, and D. You know, A is go to the bank. B is use the credit cards. C is borrow from mama. And D is trust God. Well, God takes D off the map the minute you have A, B, and C. He won't be fourth. Why? Because he can't you can't be in faith for fourth. You, there, if you choose one way, it's God's way. It's God's way. People say, you mean he just takes it? No, it can't be there. God doesn't take, it can't, it, it's it's like the Sesame Street song: one of these things just doesn't belong here. That doesn't belong with the flesh. God's stuff doesn't get involved with flesh. Come on, you guys watch Sesame Street, right? Huh? It was just on last night. That's a great show. (laughs) One of those things doesn't belong there, and it is God. He's the one that doesn't belong there because you're in the flesh. He's not getting involved in that. He doesn't get involved in things that have potential to fail. Everything He's involved in has no failure potential. He wants to be involved in everything. But your heart has to be with Him. He said, cursed is the man. Why? Because He's making man His trust and He's making flesh His strength and His heart is far from the Lord. Amen? And then in verse 6, He shall be like a heath. And I don't know what a heath is, but I don't want to be like one. Right? It doesn't sound good. He's a heath and He's in the desert. He's a hot heath. That does not sound pretty. Does it sound pretty to you guys? No. I mean, if somebody said, you old heath, you ain't nothing but an old heath. I mean, you're not going to say, oh, thank you. I'm quite a good heath too. No, I don't want to be a heath and I don't want to be in the desert. Huh? And he said, you'll be like a heath in the desert. And why will you be this way? Because you trust in man. And what will keep you this way? How you see. The very next sentence he says, and you shall not see good even when it comes. Why? Because you're not looking at good. You're looking at what you see. All a person that's trusting in the flesh can see is what their flesh can do. And that's all they can see. They can't see the good. Why? Because the good's unseen. You've got to be looking for the unseen to see the good. Why? Because they're, in, they're trusting in man. They're in the middle of the problem. And how they see is everything right now. What they see is everything. And he said, because of your position of trusting man and pulling your heart from me, you won't even see good when it comes at you. Why? Because you don't, you're not in faith. And without faith, you can't see the unseen. Amen? You can't see the good. You can only see the problem you're in and you can't see a way out. Why? Because you're not looking beyond what you can see. And God said, put My Word in your eyes and in your ears. Keep it in the midst of your heart and you'll be able to see what you couldn't see. No matter what your problem is, no matter what's going on, you'll be able to see beyond the problem because you'll already see the answer. You've already heard it in your ears and you've put it in your heart. So when the, when the problem comes, the answer was there first. Amen. That's good. Amen. When the answer comes ahead of the problem, the problem isn't very big. Amen. Like, if you were going to need $100 tomorrow and $100 came today, guess what you got tomorrow? No problems. Well, the answer came 2,000 years ago, and it came ahead of your problem. It came before you loved Him. It became before when you were His enemy. It healed your body when you were, before you were sick. God is ahead. Why do we want to trust in the flesh? It's so far behind, it can never catch up. If it ran hard, it could never catch up. And it couldn't run hard because it would faint. It'd be like me jogging over a mile. You know what I do? I get provision for the flesh. Man, I'm tired. I'm quitting. <laughs> you won't even see. Why? Because you're, trusting, you're not trusting in the Lord. Only from the Lord can good come. If you're not trusting in the Lord, you can't see good. Amen? because even if you saw an answer if you weren't trusting in God it couldn't be a good answer remember what he told remember what Jesus told the rich young ruler there's only one good and it's God that's true throughout the bible he said it in one instance it's true throughout the bible if it's good it's God if it's not good it's not the end it's in red i believe it why cuz if you're in this position, you can't see good. <laughs> you'll be like, you'll be, you'll, you inhabit places that are uninhabitable when you're like this. I don't want to live where nothing else can live. That's what he's saying. He's saying you'll, you'll, you'll inhabit the parched places in the wilderness in a salt land and not inhabited. Yuck! It don't sound like there's a lot of biscuits and gravy there. That ain't no place for me. Huh? Uninhabitable. What's he saying? This will lead you to a path that has a certain end that is to your destruction. But, but, that's not talking about us. Here's the good news. Those verses, they're not you and they're not me. We're the next verse. In verse 7, there we go. Blessed. Bless. Say, I'm blessed. Say, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Why are you blessed? Because you trust in the Lord. When the problems come at you, you don't wait to see what you're going to do. You already have the answer. Right? When somebody yells at you, you don't have to wonder if you're going to yell back. You're not going to. The love of God's going to flood you. And you're going to say the right things and do the right thing. Amen? You're going to, you're going to be a peacemaker, not a war maker. Right? It says, blessed is the man that trusts in the Lord. What's he saying? Empowered to succeed. What's he saying? Given the ability to succeed is the man that trusts in the Lord. Glory to God. If, if you didn't have any other reason to trust in the Lord, that should do it. Just the word blessed. Yeah. Whose hope is in Him. In other words, you don't, you don't, you don't waver between ideas. Your hope is steadfast in the Lord Jesus Christ and in His work on the cross, in what He's done in your life. Your hope is steadfast in the love of God for you. Oh, did you guys not know? God loves you. Oh, let me remind you today. Your hope can be steadfast. God loves you. He loved you so much that while you were sinning and His enemy against Him, He He saved you. He sent Jesus for you. He wasn't proving His love. He was doing His love. It wasn't to prove that He loved you. He didn't have to prove He loved you. He loved you. He was commending His love towards you. In other words, He was giving it to you. God don't got to prove nothing. He doesn't do things to prove anything. He already loves you and He is love. And those that trust in Him and put their hope in Him Will never be made a shame, and he said never. never. You reckon if God says never, when do you think that means? Never never. never, never. When God says never, be guaranteed it's never. If He said I'll never leave you nor forsake you, then He never will. If you feel if you wake up one day and you say I just don't feel like God's here, you're wrong. He's right there. He told you He would be, and He is. Amen. He said, blessed is the man that trusts in the Lord, whose hope is in the Lord. Verse 8, for he will be like a tree planted by the waters. Glory to God. He'll be like a tree planted by the river. The water's constantly flowing and its roots are dug down into where the water's coming up. He doesn't even have to have rain. Why? Because he's getting his source from the river. He doesn't have to have something from the outside. He's got everything coming up from the inside. Amen? Amen? He's he's got everything he needs right there. Why? Because he is infused with God. Glory to God. He'll be like a tree planted by the waters that spreads out her roots by the river. And guess what they won't see? The problem. They're just the opposite of the one trusting in the arm of the flesh. They don't see the problem. Why? Because they're looking at the unseen. People say, I don't know why that tree's so green. It hadn't rained in years. Because the unseen is its roots are down in the ground and they're sucking from the water up. They get It's, they're, it's getting its life from another source. We're getting our life from another source. It's from what's put in us, not what's coming on us. What's going on in the world doesn't affect how I live. Amen. Amen? Amen? Glory to God. It says you won't even see. What do you mean you won't even see? Why? Because you're looking at the unseen. You're looking at what the Lord said. He said, I'm a tree plant. I'll be alive forever. I've got the glory of God. I've got the love of God. i got the peace of God. I don't see anything but good happening to me. You won't even be able to see when the heat comes. Why? Because the heat won't affect you because you're sucking up cool water from your roots. You won't even see when the heat comes. Glory to God. I don't want to see the heat. People that see the heat go, oh no, it's hot, it's hot. Jump in the pool. It doesn't matter how hot it gets when you're not seeing the heat. You reckon it was hot enough to burn up the three Hebrew children in the furnace? Well, but they could see something else in there, couldn't they? They saw something that even Nebuchadnezzar saw. He said, I see something else in there. They didn't even feel the heat. Why? They couldn't see it. They were like the trees planted by the river. They saw God. They saw the salvation of the Lord. Glory to God. It says not only will you not see the destruction coming near you, because your leaf will be green all year, but not only will you not see it, you won't even be careful. Everybody else, they'll be being careful. Hey, I don't know if we should tithe this year. You know, they say it's going to be a bad year financially. We probably shouldn't tithe. But pull back our tithe and, you know, this giving stuff has got to come to an end. We may need that money, right? But, you know, that's what people who look at the drought see. People that look at the drought, they see, we better prepare for a drought. People that can't see the drought, they're acting like no drought's there. Amen. People say, well, you're crazy. The, the markets are in a shambles and the world's in a mess and you're just acting like nothing's wrong. Right. Right, because nothing's wrong. Yeah, but what if my job goes well? What if this? But What if? Are we going to live on the what ifs and trust in the arm of man? I'm not trusting in your boss or their boss or this company or that company or the market or the president or anybody else. I'm trusting in the Lord. This nation is not our source. We live in a great nation, but if this nation does not trust God, it does not have the blessing of God. People say, it doesn't have the blessing of God. Yes, it does, because we pray for it every week. We trust. didn't say that the whole nation. It said people in the nation. Right? Are like any believers in here? You're going to keep trusting for this nation? This nation has a big role in this end times. Amen? People that are concerned about what's going on on the outside will never produce fruit. Why? Because they'll pull back. This says they're not even careful in the year of drought. In other words, they don't even think about it. It's not a consideration. I'm not careful in the year of drought. In the year of drought, I sowed just like I sowed in the year that wasn't drought. <laughs> yeah? Right? I tithed. Even when they said oh, you weren't going to make enough money this year, Amen. Amen. <laughs> you go, boy. <laughs> <laughs> the word of the Lord is true. Yes. We don't have to be scared. I ain't as scared of the drought. I ain't as scared of 10,000 on this side or 2,000 on that. I ain't as scared. Amen? I'm not moved by the things that are seen. I'm moved by the unseen. And the unseen says, I'll meet your needs according to My riches in glory, not the drought in the earth, not the economy in the United States, not any outside source. I'll meet your needs. People that do that continue to yield fruit. Why? So that the tree can eat its fruit? No. No tree eats its own fruit. Why is it important that it continues yielding fruit? Because everybody ain't getting it. And now you're here for other people. Amen? You didn't consider the drought. You didn't consider all the other stuff. You didn't trust in man in the arm, of the arm of man. You trusted in the Lord. And you became the tree by the river that brought forth fruit no matter what was going on everywhere else. And now people can come to you. Why? Because now you have fruit. You brought forth fruit. Even when everybody else was in drought, you were not. Now you can be effective in the earth and to the earth. Because of who you've been made to be. Why? Because you're blessed. And why are you blessed? To be a blessing. Glory to God. Glory to God. I got any blessings out there? Got anybody who wants to trust in the Lord? Got anybody who wants to bear fruit when everything else is dried up and dead? Guess where the people are going to run to when everything else is dried up and dead? They're going to run to the tree planted by the river. That's going to be the church. It's not just me. It's not just you. The church needs to begin to believe and trust God so that we're here. When the people begin to run, they'll have somewhere to run to. And we'll be able to tell them, oh, our God did this. We didn't do nothing. What we did was we trusted in His love. We, we believed in His mercy. We believed in His grace. And we received of His goodness. And we looked at the unseen while everything else was looking at the seen. And we received the goodness of God in the land of the living. Stand on your feet. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Whew! I must be preaching good. My pants are getting too low. Phew. God's good, guys. Got a good plan for His people. When you get a report contrary, contrary to the report we already have, we don't need a new report. We got one. His report. Who will believe the report of the Lord? What does His report say about you? Hear it. See it. Keep it in your eyes. Keep it in your ears. Put it in your heart. Because you're going to get a chance to believe something else. But if this is what's in the midst of your heart, you'll not be moved. You'll not be as scared. Mm-mm. You'll, not, you'll, you'll, you'll push in closer to God. Why? Because that's your source. That's your supply. That's where your roots are. That's the anchor for your soul. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Matt, sing something for us.
1: He's a good, 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 father. He's a good, good, good father God. And he pities those who fear him just as like a father does his child. He's a good, good, good
0: father God. He is a good father with a good plan. He knew the the end from the beginning. He had a plan for your life. It was a plan to prosper you, not to harm you, right? To give you hope and the future. Amen? If it looks like anything different, quit looking at that. Right? Look at Jeremiah 29. Put it in your face if you have to. Go like this so you can't see anything else they say, why do you walk like that, Dave? Because I don't want to look at anything else. I don't want to see one more option. I have the one I want. You know, there was a line in a movie I saw recently. It says, when you get the answer you want, hang up. When you got the answer from God, hang up on the other telephone calls. You don't need another solicitor. You have the answer right there. Hang up. Glory to God. Doesn't matter what they said. Oh, my kids, they're gone gone astray. They're doing the wrong things. The Word of God says you and your household will be saved. Don't quit believing. My mom said if you're in our family, you might as well just go ahead and get saved because you're going to get saved. Don't quit believing. Don't quit. Don't look at another option. Don't take your trust and put it. Don't try to do it on your own. God wants to grab your hand and He wants to help you. He's a good Father. When you fall down, He doesn't kick you aside and say you'll never make it. He picks you back up, He dusts you off, and He says, Come on, we're going to make it. I got a plan. I got a plan. Come on with me. i got a plan. And He dusts you off. And you keep going. Glory to God. He's never going to quit on us. Let's don't quit on Him. Let's don't quit on Him. Let's not make a provision for our flesh. Let's make a provision for our success by trusting the Lord with all our heart. Not leaning to another understanding. Trusting Him. Knowing that He's a good God with a good plan. A good Father... He's a good Father, and He loves us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God.